Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Jess Stone, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. This is Jess Stone from Cold Spring Farm. Jess, thank you for taking time with us. Thanks for having me. Well, I w- as I told you, I was really excited about uh, having this interview today because of what not only what you're doing, but your excitement about customers, life, the whole, you're such a good person to be around. Um, and after I got looking in, into you, of course, I was recommended to talk to you by a good friend of ours. I started to see you're like the mother with five kids and you're like in the center and reaching out to all these five kids. And what I'm talking about is, is Jess Stone is the owner of five, five businesses, Jess, is that what it is? Yes. Four. And then I have a nonprofit endeavor I've been working with for years. Wow, that's um, and she is a mom and she is a wife and she does a lot of other things, but she runs her businesses. So, again, thanks for taking the time, Jess, because I know you're very, very busy. Yeah, I'm very excited to be joining you today. Yeah, this is going to be fun. So, I gotta to help the, the people that are listening who are normally business owners, I like to ask you questions about being a business person because you've gone through things that people might be going through now or did go through and just want to hear some of the different strategies that you have dealt with. Um, I guess the first question is, how did you get started in the businesses or business? I guess I, I, I would call you an entrepreneur, I guess. Yes. Yes. So essentially, I was very, very young. I was walking, talking and potty trained by the time I was nine months old. And I became an explorer of the natural world uh, simply from my mother bringing me outside in a wheelbarrow to contain me while she worked in her rose garden. And uh, I would climb out and, and start exploring and catch snakes and frogs and just spend a lot of time outdoors, which as a very young person experiencing all of my senses early on, I I became attached to being outside and loving everything outside. Um, And so I wanted and had many excuses for staying outside. So um, at the early age of seven is actually when I decided to be a farmer. And um, that has really not changed since. I really made that decision and never looked back. Um, And so in addition to loving the outdoors, I also felt I was, I'm, I, I was, and I am very independent. And because of that, I think I chose to become a business owner and, you know, I could have gone and worked on someone else's farm, but I decided that I needed to, uh, you know, do it my way. And that took years to develop. 
um, you know, a lot of experiences working on other farms, uh, going to college, uh, working with other business owners in various fields, um, gave me a lot of knowledge and skills and, and the diverse background to, to be where I am now. Um, but it did. It started when I was very young. I made a decision to go to college to study agriculture and natural resource management and environmental studies and education. So I was a teacher for many years while farming, while building it up. And I realized, you know, just as I did with the farm that I, you know, I really wanted real food and it was hard to come by. And a lot of um, times I talked about what I wanted to do and, and people would tell me that you can't make a living farming. And I just thought, well, now I really have to do it and I have to prove that it can be done. And, and my whole life has been dedicated to that. Well, that's that independent you know, person, that independent <laughs> thinking too, not listening to people, right? Right. <laughs> it, can't, it can't be done, right? Just tell, that's interesting. Um, right. Tell me I can't and I will. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's really, well, so what do you think now people some people are successful, some are not. Mm-hmm. What do you think is the ingredient of the people that have become successful and the people that have not? Well, if I had to sum it up in one word, I do believe there are other words, but the big one is grit. You have to have grit. You have to believe in what you do every single day and you have to show it uh, because if you can't show it, then no one else will believe in what you do. And you have to work in the community and you have to be part of the community and you always have to be for the community. Um, You have to listen to what people want and what they need. And you have to provide those things somehow, no matter what it takes. And then I think the other big piece is that you have to keep listening because the needs of people and the wants change and you have to adapt with the times to be successful in the long term. You know, you know, the interesting thing, Jess, when I first met you, all those of those attributes came out in our discussion because I'm really a good reader of people. I've been around 53 years in business mm-hmm. and you right off the bat, you were a giver. Uh, you can you, you're going to do it. You're going to make sure it happens. We're going to find time. I'm busy, but we're going to find time. all these things which were very positive And that water, that cup of water was full. It wasn't empty or half empty. And I, I could see that right out of you. And the passion alone, just, uh, uh, and the sense of humor is pretty good too. I got to believe <laughs> Thank you. Um, and I, I agree with you. I think grit and you got to stay with it because you'll tell us, I'm sure you'll tell us not everything goes smooth, you know, rocky roads and all that stuff. Right. It has not been easy. <laughs> no, no. And you stay with it. And let, let me ask you this. What concerns you as a business owner the most about owning your own business? Well, there there are like layers of bureaucracy, of course, um, taxes and just tons of time in the business, which is absolutely essential. Um, but sometimes I get concerned with not getting to spend enough time on my business. And I'm trying to constantly find the balance between doing both of those things, because, again, it's not just one business. It really is multiple businesses and they have to be treated that way. Uh, although in my mind, they're all united on, on every level and they all go toward one common goal of building a local economy and building community. But again, there's a lot of things that have to be done because they have to be done. That's just the way it works in business. And staying up on all of those things can be challenging with one business, never mind four to five businesses. Um, 
So that, you know, that is definitely something I spend time thinking about, but I also try to constantly be in learning mode, you know, because if we can find others who want these skills, who can maybe eventually take over these businesses someday, then they will live on beyond my lifetime. It is, it is your legacy. And you know what? You're right. Uh, I, I did a video, which I'll send to you a couple of months ago on awareness and the three levels of unawareness. <laughs> and that is the biggest plague of most business owners of being unaware. And there, there are three different degrees. I'll send that to you because you're you're absolutely right, because that is the uh, Achilles heel of a business owner. Not being aware, not knowing that you don't even know that it exists is the worst thing in the world. And, um, and yes, and you're right. And it takes a lot of time, doesn't it, to be aware of things. Yes. Um, but what are the here's a question that. Um, what is the one thing that you wished you had known before you started your career? Wow, that is a very interesting question. You know, I my initial reaction to that is nothing. Yeah, a clean slate in your head instead of formulating negatives or this or that, right? Right, right. I mean, I, I had already had the challenge of, oh, it, it can't be done. And, and that's okay, because I, I understood where that was coming from. You know, I, I understood the culture of my community growing up because I, I did move back to the community that I grew up in to start a farm and to start these other businesses. And I purposely chose them to be in these locations so that I could give back to the community as an, as an adult. Um, but I think if I, you know, I, I don't know whether it would have made a difference. It wouldn't have changed what I do or how I do it if I had known something that I, you know, ahead of time. I think if anything, it would have just continued to drive me on my path. Yeah, yeah that's a good answer because I, I often talk to a lot of people who um, who give me, you know, a couple of things. But then I realize if uh, if they weren't exposed to it, they wouldn't have thought that way. So it is a it's a good question and it's a good answer too. What are the uh, some of the resources that have helped you along the way, such as books or courses or or references that have helped you grow? Wow. All right. So that one is an extensive answer. We could probably spend at least 45 minutes on just that topic. Um, <laughs> but I, I can honestly tell you, at least with the farming profession, because that was my very first, well, it was really my second business. I also had a, and I still carry it to this day, a landscaping business, uh, which I only do consult for on occasion when people beg. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't advertise it at this point. Um, but with the farming, I, I actually found when I was much younger that there were very few resources. Uh, there were very few people who were willing to talk about it beyond the social aspects of I stopped farming because it impacted A, B, and C. Um, I found that most of the information I received in my high school agriculture classes were focused on conventional methods and conventional means, lots of equipment and heavy machinery out in the Midwest. And, you know, the talk of organic or natural or sustainable farming wasn't even on the table. They weren't buzzwords. They weren't, you know, commonplace uh, language. And so, you know, essentially to find information was really hard. So my greatest resource really became just experiencing what I could by helping on the few farms that existed at the time 
in, in our in my hometown, there really weren't any farms operating. Um, so that was a challenge. And we were founded as an agricultural town. So it was it was loaded with, with farms way before I was born. And the culture essentially caused that to end. And so, you know, it, it makes sense when someone says you can't make a living doing it because there's no evidence around saying that it could be done. And I, you know, lived all over the country in different regions um, out of a backpack for a couple of years even and traveled to different places so that I could experience uh, firsthand what farming was like, what ranchers dealt with, with water issues, with, um, you know, and, and again, then also books were a huge resource, but the books were really old, you know, <laughs> yeah. Not, there, there wasn't a lot of writing on current agricultural practices, but by the time I arrived at college, um, I had actually received a full ride at one of the local universities and I had to turn it down because their focus was on biotechnology and years later, what I found was they were whispering quietly of closing their agricultural program. There were very few students enrolled. Um, the pastures were empty. The barns were empty. And I just said, well, this is clearly not, you know, what people are doing. And then again, when I told people I was going to college and I wanted to study agriculture, they kind of thought I was crazy. Um, and what would you do with a degree in agriculture? And again, watch me. So so yeah, it was very hard, but over over the years I've been able to amass experiences which then led to, you know, this revival in agriculture even on a quiet scale because in college there were 12 students in my entire program. Wow. And, and only 7 I think made it through and they didn't realize how challenging it would be that there's a lot of math and chemistry and just a lot of other knowledge that's required in the degree program to to get a degree in agriculture. Um and, it, and it, it just wasn't a heavy interest of people at the time. So I really did feel like I had to piece together not only my education, but my experiences. And I worked on every, you know, with every farm or farmer that I could possibly come to, even if it was just interviewing. I spent a lot of time interviewing farmers in northern New England, and I knew that that was the climate I wanted to return to. So I, I definitely dabbled and I worked with others and I worked, I went to a college, um, several colleges, but one that was founded on agriculture as well and worked the college farm. Um, and there's, you know, a whole host of other things, but, but nowadays the resources are far greater. Yeah. Uh, Connecticut was always lagging, but they are starting to pick up the pace and identifying agriculture is important. And we have this resurgence of farmers in the area um, way more than than we did before. And so that was always part of my mission is to create more farms, because if you can put the culture back into agriculture, then not only can we be successful as Cold Spring Farm, but others in the area will want to start doing it too, because they'll identify the need. And the need is completely there, but it takes building a culture of people who want to support it and who feel good about supporting it and who decide that they need to support it. That makes it work. And of course, Cold Spring Farm can't feed everyone. But I do see that as the root system of building a local economy. It all starts with agriculture, in my opinion. And so the other businesses that I have are actually all connected directly or indirectly to that. It's like um, a, wheel, a wheel with spikes. I, I noticed that, that it's all about food and, and agriculture and the, and the earth. I ha Here's a question that I, I thought about asking you because of your profession is, what what do you think would be the one myth that you'd like to debunk about your profession and your industry, if so? That farmers don't pay taxes. 
<laughs> that <laughs> is that is swear worthy in my opinion. It actually <laughs> frustrates me to no end. The the ignorance behind that statement is maddening. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I know I paid more taxes than most of my neighbors. Um, yeah, <laughs> that's one to start. <laughs> that, that, you know, that's good because we didn't talk about that question. So I, I give you a lot of credit on that one. But that was really great. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that was uh, let's let's move on, uh, Jess, because I know you are so ingrained with your and appreciative of your employees. Uh, let's talk about um, what are the things that you feel are necessary to keep your employees long time because they're the central hub of your financial world and your legacy. Yes. Yes. So, so I think it's, you know, um, incredible. Like when, when I talk about what I do, there were years and years that I essentially did it alone, even though you could argue that one is never alone. I did a lot of my work, um, 100% 100% on my own. And then over, over the years, I was able to incorporate, you know, a student, a local student or a local person who was really interested, who kind of, you know, sought out an internship or an apprenticeship of some kind. And again, farming wasn't cool back then when I wanted to be a farmer. Uh, it was not a popular choice. And especially being a female and then the culture of having a female for a boss is also something that challenged me earlier on. And so I found that because there wasn't a lot of interest, it was also hard to find someone with skills who could contribute thoughtfully uh, to the process. And I did and have found that over the years, part of building that culture is that we find people who are interested in what we do, whether it's idealism that brings them to the doorstep or whether it's, you know, some form of seeking meaning in the work that they do, whether it's physical or even just the office work, people want to get behind something they can believe in. And if, um, as an employer, if I am projecting the optimism that's required, then that can be contagious. That line is completely true. Um, And my employees, the people that I do have at the core are so essential to the operation at this point that it's about impossible for me to think about ever going back. It's way bigger than me at this point. It's not just me experimenting, trying things out, not worrying about, you know, now I have the overhead of of people and products and the the farm has grown so much over the years that without my core people, it would be impossible. Well, you know, you have so much knowledge and you've spent, you've invested so much time in knowing Knowing the unknown, I'm going to say the unknown, you know, the things that are deeper than just doing what you do. It's much deeper than that, the knowledge. But what are what advice would you give to others who want to pursue a career like yours? I would I would say that they need optimism. That is the number one thing that will keep you going. Like all of the things that keep you motivated to press on when the challenges arise, because the challenges are in every single day, you definitely need to be determined and have grit to get through those challenges because they are trying sometimes. But just as many challenges exist are, you know, inspiring moments and hope for the future. And knowing that what you do makes a difference is is absolutely crucial to being successful in this field. Um, There are things we don't have control over, but you learn to adapt to become part of the process. 
and you keep things diverse. The diversity is super key to making sure that you can be around in the long term, doing what you do and doing what you love. You have to love this work. And well, thank you. That that I agree with you. Uh, and anything that's worthwhile is a challenge. And I know in your field, the challenges come up more than you'd like, but they come up. Um, let's yes, talk about your product. <laughs> yes, let's talk about your product because I know you're very proud of all the things that you do. So let's talk. The first question would: What makes your products great? Well, I think I think it starts with the fact that we love what we do and we're always striving to do better. Like we're never we're never okay with uh you know the current mode like this is wonderful but let's do more. We can do this like let's add this challenge to our plates. Um saving seed, progressing, you know, if it's at the gift shop it's creating, you know, finding a new vendor, um working with artisans, just constantly challenging ourselves to strive for improvement. We are never going to settle for where we are currently. There are blessings in being able to do what we do and all of the different products that we offer. And again, the diversity is the exciting part for me. Um, I will never, ever be bored for as long as I live. Um, there's always some new crop. And, and I don't mean a hybridized version. When I say new, I mean old because our focus is on heirloom crops. And there are challenges in growing those as well. But bringing products to people that they love and keeping things fresh and new and interesting at the same time versus only reliable and predictable things. Um, you know, you have all your standard crops, like everyone loves their tomatoes and sweet corn and, you know, you know, fresh berries. But there's also so many other things to try and bringing them to people's attention is is absolutely fun. The, the the I have because you have you have five businesses. There's a lot we could talk about as far as product, but mm -hmm. I we have a about two minutes left. But I do want to ask you this question so people can understand the quality of what we're talking here. Um, why is your companies your five companies the place to go for the service of product that you represent and provide because your health is directly tied to your decision to buy from us we grow heirloom varieties we focus on soil microbiology our entire lives are you know and our work is designed around the soil like everything else is just a byproduct all of the things that we sell are a byproduct of having amazing soil so we are soil farmers and what we're trying to do on a local level is, is bring people in the door to make these feel-good decisions. And it's not just a psychological, I feel good about making a purchase at the farm or at the gift shop, um, or I feel good about coming to this farmer's market, but it's also about the health benefits of making that decision. So if you are focused on your own well-being and clean eating, buying our food, and doing that locally within your own biome is going to make all the difference. So when you feel good about something in every way, um, you know, that is, I mean, that is why we're doing what we do. You, you're the most consistent person I've spoken to in many years because everything you do is at the bottom 
line level. In other words, what you do today on Tuesday is all come down to your legacy. So I really appreciate that because the bottom line is you're providing, you mentioned that bio, bio, whatever. Biome. Yeah. And I said, I said, I, I scratched my head and then I realized what that was and that is that clean soil, the the healthy food, the way people eat, and especially today. And today, anyways, I can go back because being Italian, I can tell you all the Italians are always healthy, but they all all had their own gardens and stuff, you know that kind of thing. Yes. I just we're just about out of time, but I I want to assure you that I'm going to uh, make sure that all your contact information is on the show notes you're going to be on all the platforms in the country you're going to be famous in about another (laughs) days and um but i want the audience to know they should go up to jess's website there's four or five areas to look at look at the product look at the way you could see just the you could just see the happiness and the pleasure and the passion in all that she does with her family and her clients and um i'm very impressed and i'm a guy that has worked with hundreds maybe thousands of business owners so but just i want to thank you for taking the time is there anything uh, that you would like to leave us with before we go well i think i think it's really important that that each person who lives on this earth does what they love that they they take the time to think about what they really want to do and what they want their impact to be, because we really can create what we want to exist. Well, uh, all they have to do is, uh, I got to make it a point to come up to your farm and see your operation and stuff. And that's all these, if you're listening, you should, and you're in Connecticut, you should come into, or, or Massachusetts and New York, go and see Jess's farm. Just thanks so much for taking the time and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, the whole deal, right? Thank you. You too, Tom. I really appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you. Take care. See you soon. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, If you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone. That's P-E-R-R-O-N-E at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at Inc. And on the subject line, type DNA, include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.